We're gonna talk about the ABCs of it, right up to the XYZs of it, the hardships and sometimes the E's of it. Dot the I's and cross the T's of it. Welcome to Alphabet My Life with me, John Courtney, and my wife, Emma. Hello and welcome to episode 10, our 10th anniversary. Wow, happy anniversary. And uh, it's letter J, which I think... We're going to make jokes. We're going to make jokes. Well, it was going to be all about John Courtney, but, you know, it could get a bit boring. So jokes it is. We're Good sure. jokes, bad jokes, ridiculous jokes. The thing is, it's it's too much of a wide subject because everybody's got their favourite jokes. And I think I've never thought of myself as a comedian. I'm a sort of musician first that tries to be funny. <laughs> so I, I would never want to do stand-up if I haven't got a piano behind me. I think the, the thought of just standing there and relying on jokes it, it's i mean i utmost respect to stand-up comedians but and i i do it in my show I'll, I'll talk for 20 minutes sometimes 25 minutes and do and do stand up but i know that i've got the piano so if i'm dying on my ass i've got the piano behind me and i can do something and I, you know i do stand up at the piano sat down but no stand up is a real art and i absolutely love listening to it done well I actually quite love listening to it done badly because we all want to watch a train wreck. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, growing up, my dad, my, my dad was a, what's called a, a raconteur. Oh, my dad's, one of my dad's little jokes was, he just, he used to walk in and just go, and Jesus said, come forth. But he came third and won a teapot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe had a little lamb and a mother fainted. Excellent. That kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that's good. Dad jokes. My career since BGT has been made on the back of dad jokes. I mean, it, it's, that was the whole but the, see, that's that's that was my cop out. Certainly, in the show, I made a I made a joke of the fact that the jokes I was telling were dad jokes. But I do legitimately like dad jokes. What are considered dad jokes, like you know that Jesus said, yeah, "Come forth." Yeah. That's a dad joke. My, I actually, uh, my dad had little rhymes um, that he used to sing along to us as well, and one that stuck in my head forever. And I actually sang it to Effie, our next door neighbour. Mm. Um, she's only three. And Sarai, Sarai, she sat on the fire. The fire was too hot. She sat on the pot. The pot was too round. She sat on the ground. The ground was too flat. She sat on the cat. The cat ran away with the pee on its back. Excellent. I've never heard you say that. Have you not? No, never. I was singing it to Effie next door. She you, thought, you, found it was funny. You've never sung it to our kids. Well, not in my earshot. That's good. I have. Ah. That was a little ditty from me, Dad. I learnt to sing while we're doing ditties. I did learn to sing. How, How much, much is, is that dog, dog in the window? window? Backwards. Backwards. Which nobody, I mean, when I've, I've actually done it in my show Who before. Who taught you now, that? I actually don't know. Did you just sit there really anally at boarding yeah. school? And... Yes. Okay. No, it was before boarding school. I was probably like nine or ten. And we're back to anal again. Why? I don't know. Boarding school. Yeah. Didn't happen. Not to me. Anyway, it happened to a lot of other people. Um, yeah. No. We... Oh. Because I said you were sat in your boarding school anally doing the song Oh, backwards. I thought you were talking about sexual no, abuse in boarding no, school. No, okay. no, no, no. Oh, I went. Oh. I went somewhere else with that. So this is actually a really lovely story, isn't it? So Em's mum's first boyfriend was called Steve. Um, and they broke up when Gail basically started dating your dad. Yep. And then uh, your dad passed away and your mum got back with her first boyfriend. Um, and I never met I just let you know that my mum and dad were together for... 25 26 years before he died um and they had five children and then just out of the blue after my dad died she just bumped into steve and they started well not straight away they started seeing each other they again. rekindled their relationship yeah. yeah um so steve was just the loveliest of guys very quiet a proper gentle man he would wouldn't 
speak badly of anybody. He didn't eat garlic in case he bre- his didn't breath eat garlic smelt. in case his breath smelt. Um, he was completely bald on the top of his head, but he had hair around the sides, which he spent hours blow drying and combing. He was just a, he was a quirky, lovely, lovely guy. Um, and we were in our local pub with a couple of my friends who were in show business. And Steve came down, and we all sat there having lunch, and we're all just doing jokes and having a laugh. And Steve sat there very quietly, like he always did. And there was a lull in the conversation, and Steve said, "I've got a joke." Now, we at this point, we'd never really heard Steve tell a joke before. <laughs> no, he just—that's not what he did. You know, he'd he'd be like, "Hello, Jonathan," or "John, how are you?" and "How's everything?" and just lovely conversation. But he's not the guy that would say, "Oh, I've got this great joke for you." So all of a sudden, myself and Em and Rachel was there, and Warren who'd been, as I say, just shooting the breeze and telling gags, went very quiet and said, oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God, Steve's going to tell a joke. And then he proceeded to tell what has become one of my favourite jokes. A, 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 a favorite... And one of his sister's favourite jokes, because she, she's actually bought a T-shirt that's got the joke <laughs> written on it. <laughs> she has. It's a, and I'd never... That's the other thing. I, because if you work in comedy, even though I'm not a stand-up, I mean, you know, I, I know so many stand-ups, and I've heard most jokes. You know, most most pub jokes. If a guy's in the pub and he's telling jokes, chances are, I've got a joke for you. Chances are, I've heard it or a version of it or I can predict the punchline. Didn't see this coming. Um, so I'll tell the joke. Uh, um, there's, <laughs> again, this is, this would be considered, this would be considered like bad taste by a lot of people. This will probably offend somebody. This could offend potentially three groups of people, couldn't it? Oh, I'm just going to tell it. And well, it's if you're going to be offended, you're going to be offended. Or you are offended. We're really sorry. We didn't mean to offend, but it is a it's funny, a funny joke, joke to everybody else that isn't offended. And also, to quote Stephen Fry, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. So uh, there's a <laughs> there's a Baptist healing service, and there's one of these ministers who's laying on of hands, and he's healed by the power of Jesus. Heal, you are healed, and he's asking everybody to step forward who want to be healed. And a little old lady comes forward and she's on crutches. And he says, little old lady, how long have you been on crutches? That's a slight American accent, but he doesn't have to be American. Um, I'm just not very good at accents. And she said, all my life. And he said, little old lady, go behind the screen over there. Praise the Lord. We'll pray for you and you will be healed. So she toddles off on the crutches and she goes behind the screen. And then the minister works up the congregation and they're hallelujah, hallelujah. And there's arms in the air and everybody's screaming Jesus. And he said, does anybody else want to be healed? And this guy steps forward and he says, yes, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to be healed, please. And the guy says, sir, you have a you have a speech impediment. He says, yes, I have a speech impediment. He said, sir, how long have you had the speech impediment? He said, all my life. He said, sir, go behind the screen with a little old lady. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You will be healed. And the guy goes behind the screen. And then he works the congregation into even more of a frenzy. And after 10 minutes, he says, yes, by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, little old lady, you have been healed. Throw your crutches over the screen. And the crutches come flying over and they clatter to the stone floor of the church. And the priest says, yes, praise the Lord. And now, sir, speak to us. And this voice says, she's fallen over. <laughs> it's still funny. It's still funny. That is, that's what, 15 years old? <laughs> I didn't think it was still that funny. It's still that funny. Um, and I have, I've, I've told that, I haven't told it in my show, but I've told it on shows like interviews and stuff. And I've been interviewed and I've done panel shows and I've, I've told it on panel shows. Um, 
And it's just a great joke. It's a well-structured, funny gag. Um, and I've had people tell me that it could be offensive to deaf people. And I'm like, but at no point do we say that. I mean, yes, the guy sounds there, but that's because that's, that's the only voice I can do. Which leads us on to the other, <laughs> the other one. I'll tell you this one too. So this is this is my one of my other favourite jokes. Do, do, do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so one of my other favourite jokes. So there's a door... <laughs> God. There's a door-to-door salesman and he's he's trying to sell washing powder. You don't really get door-to-door... You get door-to-door religious people now, don't you? And You don't really get door-to-door salesmen. Well, not selling remember. vacuum cleaners anyway. No, vacuum... Because it's Amazon. Anyway, this guy's trying to sell... Trying to sell washing powder door-to-door, which our younger listeners won't be familiar with. But there used to be salesmen that would knock on your door and say, I'm going to sell you this vacuum cleaner or I'm going to sell you a Bible or I'm going to sell you whatever. Um... Actually, the Bible one's a good one too. <laughs> we should tell the Bible. So I haven't told that in years. So yeah, this guy's selling, but unfortunately, he's got a he's got a speech impediment, and he's he's been all the way down this street, and he hasn't sold any washing powder. And he gets to the last house in the street, and he knocks on the door, and this lady answers, and he says, "Hello, I'd like to tell you." It's the same speech impediment as the last. Is joke. it the same guy? Yeah, it probably could be the same guy. Yeah. Um, I'd like to sell you some washing powder. And the woman says, is it any good? He says, yes, it's the best washing powder you'll ever buy. Let me in and I will demonstrate it for you. So she says, okay, come in. He says, okay, I need something to wash. Could you give me your blouse? And she said, really, my blouse? He said, yes, your blouse and I need two buckets of water. One is for rinsing, one is for washing. And he puts the washing powder. This makes your nose itch when you're doing this, this voice. He puts the washing powder in the first bucket. He says, okay, and take off your blouse. He takes off the blouse and he takes the blouse. He says, wipe the blouse. The blouse goes dip, dip, dip in the blue. That's the washing bucket. And then rinse, rinse, rinse. Look like new. Up to your nose. Smelled like a rose. Up to the light. Clean and bright. You see? Spotless. Really good washing powder. I got really <laughs> itch my nose. She said, that's very good. She said, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a box. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. You need to buy more than one box. It's the best washing powder in the world. Give me your skirt. She said, really? You want my skirt? He said, yeah, take your skirt off. I'll demonstrate with yours. So she took her skirt off. He said, watch the skirt. Dip, dip, dip in the blue. Rinse, 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 look like new. Up to your nose. Smell like a rose. Up to the light, clean and bright. She said, I'm very impressed. She said, I'll buy two boxes. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. You've got to buy more than two boxes. The best washing powder in the world. Give me your knickers. She said, really? No, she didn't speak like that. She said, really? You want my knickers? He said, yes, give me your knickers. So she took her knickers off and he took the knickers and he said, watch closely. Dip, dip, dip in the blue. Rinse, 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 look like new. Up to your nose. Dip, dip, dip in the blue. (laughs) (laughs) You're not meant to laugh at your own jokes, but it's not my joke. Anyway, I don't actually know who told me that. I have no idea. I think that might have been a guy like after one of my shows, just literally standing in the barn and came up and told me a joke. And it happens all the time. I mean, it happens to every community. Some guy come up to you and say, I've got a joke for you. And nine times out, 99 times out of 100, you've either heard it. Or <laughs> Not it's, nine times out of 10. No, worse than that. 99 times out of 100. <laughs> you've either heard it or it's just terrible. I mean, I, I've literally had people on a cruise ship, on, on a high-end cruise line. I've had a very successful businessman millionaire who's paying two thousand dollars a day for a suite on a luxury cruise ship come up to me and say i've got a great joke for you that you could use in your show and i'm like great and he says right so there's this donkey donkey in a donkey there's this donkey in a field fucking a nun and that's how the joke starts and i'm like in what world do you think that's appropriate and how i can ever use that and it's a bad joke yeah anyway. one of my favorite jokes was the um 
were walking through a forest and we heard some rustling in the bushes. And I shouted, who goes there? And a little fox jumps out and runs a bit further up the path. So I carry on walking and we hear some more rustling in the bushes. And a fox jumps out and runs up further up the path. So we carry on walking and we hear some Never more rustling in the bushes. And a fox jumps out and runs further up the lane. So we carry on walking and we hear some more rustling in the bushes. And this fox jumps out and goes, will you piss off? I'm trying to do a shit. Brilliant. <laughs> That's the bear and the rabbit, isn't it? There's a bear and a rabbit in the woods and they're both having a poo. And the bear looks at the rabbit and says, Rabbit, do you have a problem with shit sticking to your fur? And the rabbit says, no. So the bear wipes his ass with the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we're just telling jokes. Anyway, um, what was the point? So Steve, yeah, he's fallen over, um, became our family joke. Like there and then we fell off. We were sat on that bench outside the pub, weren't we? Yeah. And we were all on the floor. And Steve didn't know what the fuss about. And actually, a very poignant end to that story was Steve got diagnosed with terminal cancer um, not long after that. And we uh, we had a lovely family holiday in a, in a motorhome around Italy with Steve and your mom and, and Nathan when he was a baby. And uh, Steve had been diagnosed at that point. He'd probably, probably only six months before he died. And uh, he and I were having a beer one night. I'm not too sure where you and your mum and Nathan had gone. I joined you. You joined us afterwards, but we'd already made this video by then. I had my video camera that I was filming the whole trip on because it was this lovely, you know, we sort of knew it was going to be Steve's last holiday. And Steve and I were having this beer and I, and he was very shy, you know, would never want to be on camera or want to be filmed. And without sort of saying, I want it on record, I just said, Steve, would you please tell your joke or the joke? It became the joke. Would you please tell the joke on camera? So I've got it on camera. <laughs> You know the people that get offended are not the are not, are not those people. No, they're people I know. who get offended on behalf of yeah yeah because they just I, want to cause problems. I I got called when I was working on the ships. I got called into a hotel director's office the, the night after a show. I'd been doing a late night show, so you were allowed to be a little bit. Um, you couldn't be really offensive or really blue, but you could be a little bit naughty. And I was being heckled by these guys from Arkansas on the balcony of this this venue that I was doing the show in. And they were great. I mean, they were they were nice heckles, but I was giving it back to them. Of course, it was Arkansas, so I was doing like incest jokes. Um, the uh, I can't remember what they were. Uh, the um, uh, Arkansas, where the definition of a virgin is a girl who can run faster than her brother. Um, it's just stuff like that. And they were laughing, and they were giving it back, and they were yelling back at me. And Arkansas, where you introduce your wife and your sister, and there's just one woman standing there, <laughs> and stuff like that. Anyway, the show went. The show was went really well and these guys were such good fun and the next day i got called into the office of this hotel director and he said we've had a complaint about your um racist jokes towards arkansas and i went oh i said that's a shame because i thought they were taking it really well you know they, they were they were giving me some heckles and i was heckling them back sort of thing but the complaint was from somebody else a german guy showed up there you go a german guy came because this hotel director said i've asked you to meet him and apologize and i went sure no problem and this German guy showed up and said, I thought it was very offensive when you were picking on the, <laughs> on the people from Arkansas. And then I'm thinking, God, did I tell German jokes? And I didn't. And the hotel director actually apologized to me and said, John, I'm sorry I wasted your time. I said, no, it's fine. But that is that is the world we live in now. And it's I mean, that was years what ago. About when the that guy, what about the guy that complained because you were doing the one eye thingies? The oh, one eye jokes. That was, 
And then, yeah, three months later, that's actually... <laughs> I had a joke in my show a long time ago when I would say... Um, the punchline, basically it was a woman with one eye. The joke was about a woman with one eye. I won't go through the whole thing. Um, any comedians listening to this will know what the joke is. It's a very old gag. Um, but that was the punchline. And so um, this guy ends up at the front of the stage yelling at me in the middle of my show that his wife has only got one eye. And he found he thought I was very offensive, picking on disabled people. And <laughs> the thing that nearly broke me was when he said she's now she's had to leave the theatre. She's in the bar crying her eyes out <laughs> and I just stopped myself saying really plural um anyway I, I didn't but he was he was mad as hell and um I went into the bar afterwards and he was still in there and he started yelling at me and told me to fuck off just as the entertainment manager walked in and it was all it was really horrible because I'd been actually been telling that joke for about 10 years I really needed to update my show um <laughs> and that was the first time anybody ever complained about it and uh, his wife was sat there and I did say to her, I said, I'm really sorry if I upset you. I said, I, no, obviously I'd, it wasn't targeted at you. I didn't know you were in the audience, blah, blah. So I was back performing again three months later, same venue. And one of the band came up to me and said, oh, my God, you remember last time you were here, that guy? Could be, and I went, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd actually forgotten about it. I said, that was three months ago. That was here three months ago. And they said, yeah. I said, yeah, it's never happened since. And it's never, it hadn't happened before, but I've still been doing the joke. And that night I did the show and I did the joke and I looked at the band and they laughed because we had this little in thing going on. And after the show, I'm selling my CDs and I'm signing my CDs. And this woman comes up with a one of her with her glasses on, but one of the lenses is is opaque. So she came up to me and she said, uh, I really enjoyed your show. And I started smiling because I thought my, my <laughs> I immediately assumed that one of the band had set me up. And it was maybe the mum of one of the band. And they that was just where my brain went. And they, they'd asked her to come up and wind me up. because. So she, she said, you enjoyed your show? I said, thank you very much. And then she said, however. And I went, yeah, come on. And I'm smiling. I went, go on, come on, give, give it your best shot. And she went, well, I had cancer in my eye when I was three years old. And at that point, I went, oh, shit. <laughs> That's, no wind up starts with I had cancer in my eye. I said, really? She said, yes. And I thought your jokes about the one-eyed person were, were slightly offensive. And I said, listen, I'm sorry. It wasn't. And I, I couldn't believe it. Ten years, not one complaint. And then the same venue three months yeah, apart. Yeah, just like buses, babe. I know. Just like one-eyed women, just like buses. Um, so, yeah, the the whole thing, if you're doing comedy, you've, you've got, basically, I think you're going to upset somebody. I, I, I think Ricky, Ricky Gervais, who I really admire, I think he's, he's very, very clever. He's a very thoughtful comedian which is a weird thing to say maybe but he he'll went like when he did the golden globes when he hosts the golden globes and he makes very cutting jokes about hollywood and actors and stuff whatever and but first of all it's run by lawyers but he also says that he'll justify any joke that he tells because there's a difference between the target of a joke and the subject of a joke and that when i heard him when he, he explained it like that i was like that that's exactly it like you can tell a Holocaust joke. But the target of the joke is not necessarily the subject of the joke. So the subject might be the Holocaust. But the target, for example, is probably the Nazis. Or you know, You're not making fun of the Holocaust. You're making a joke about the Holocaust, but the target of the joke is not the Holocaust. And that's, that's basically how you sort of justify if you're going to do... And do you know what? Anything can be funny in the right time and the right place. I do believe that. you just got to pitch it right. Yeah, well, how about you? 9-11 going out and doing a show. That was remarkable. Yeah. 
the night of the night 9-11 happened no it was one and year then how many years afterwards the, you had a show on that night on the on the anniversary six years wasn't it six years in a row yeah you used to text me and guess what i'm Get, doing a show i'm tonight. on tonight and it's 9-11 and it was normally a ship with americans on board so it was you know, a big sort of anniversary and i'd be on stage yeah the show that was meant to be that night um it was the it was the was it the actual 9-11? Was it one year? I think it was the one year anniversary. No, you you did a show on on 9-11. Yes, did I did. Yeah, Cancel the show right. because it was New York New, City New York Blitz. City rhythm. Rhythm. New York City rhythm. And, and the, in the backdrop was the Twin, the Twin Towers. Towers. The backdrop of the show was the Twin Yeah, back, Yeah. So they asked me if I could do a show. And I and I said, really? Do, do you not just want to make it like a dark night? Just put a movie on or something? Because during the day, everybody had been in the venue with a big screen on the stage watching it all unfold. And their plan was to put me on that same stage six hours later performing a comedy show. And I said, that's really not a good idea. Um, as it turned out, it was a really good audience because they just needed to release. They needed to, you know, take their minds off what had just happened. But I anticipated it being really tough. Um, and they were going to put this male singer was going to come out. <laughs> the cruise director said, we've got this idea of having just before your show, we're going to have the singer in the production show sit on a stool and sing New York State of Mind I don't think so. in a spotlight, and then we'll introduce you. And I laughed. I mean, I said, you're, you're, you're joking, obviously. And it's a very sick joke, but she went, no, 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 do you not think it's a good idea? No. <laughs> I said, listen, you are in charge of the entertainment. You are welcome to do that, but just realise that I will not be walking on stage afterwards. You can say my name, but I will be in the bar. Um, that's the That's the worst thing you... Some people just haven't got a clue. So, um, yeah, that didn't happen. But, yeah, for six years after that, it was my show on the night of the 9-11 anniversary. Very weird. But now people are doing 9-11 jokes. There are yeah. comedians in comedy clubs all over the world doing jokes about 9-11. But you will often find the subject will be 9-11, but the target of the joke is probably... Something else. Well, it will be the, the yeah. bombers and the... Yeah. And that's what people have to realise. It's so easy to hear a comedian start talking about something. And then immediately go, oh, I take offence before you even realise what they're talking about or the point that they're making or the joke that they're making. Making. Um, wow, we went from telling jokes to getting quite deep into nine eleven and being offended. Yeah. Oh well. It might. I might have a disease, and then you're going to regret. You might have a disease. Me. I might have Alzheimer's. Idiot disease. Early onset Alzheimer's. <sighs> Can you joke about Alzheimer's? I've actually written an Alzheimer's joke for my Edinburgh show. Because um, my dad died. Oh, it's actually Alzheimer's. a good one. This, so yeah. I think it was quite good. I'm, I'm writing the show at the moment. And I've said, uh, as somebody who has lived through a family who have been affected by Alzheimer's firsthand, my dad died in 2013, and he had Alzheimer's for five years. You know, take it from somebody who's lived through that and seen the effect that that disease has on a family. One of the hardest things about Alzheimer's is how to spell it. I know there's an H and a Z in there somewhere, but that's all I know. Um, but when you've been through it, you know, it's I think I also think that it's a great British tradition that we laugh in the face of adversity. Look at the Second World War. We wrote songs about Hitler. Yeah. He was killing millions of people and being an absolute dick. But we sung songs about him because it made light of the subject and we laughed in the face of adversity, which is what I think the Brits are really good at. And I, I think that's a I think that's a British trait in humour. That and being self-deprecating is, is a great British trait uh are you done anything else you'd like to say to our, our rapidly increasing listeners our listening figures are going up by the way i haven't told oh, you brilliant yeah I've, I, I looked at our insights on uh, on acast and our listening figures are going up 
So, which is amazing. We'll be selling out the O2 soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, please tell your friends, please share. Uh, however you want to share the info of the podcast leave a review um, we've got lots more to come we will be well hopefully hopefully we'll be back next week I'm away for a few days now but I'll be back in time to record K which is I think it's going to be kids yeah it's got to be kids on it got to be kids it might be a long one that's what she said we've got two <laughs> we've got two that's all our 11 year old says now. he said it three times yesterday that's, that's, what, what, she, she that's what she says. He's I know, 11 he's years got it old. Off you. Yeah, but he says it really accurately. I know he does. <laughs> and he's 11. I'm quite I'm quite proud to be honest. Um lit, just lit that bottom bit there. I slowly. <laughs> lit that bottom bit. That's what, <laughs> that's she, what said. she said. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'll he's say 11." Anyway, um yes, thanks for listening guys. Uh, this has been episode 10 of Alphabet My Life and uh, we'll chat to you next week. Lots of love. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Alphabet My Life with John Courtney and Emma Young. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review. Thanks for listening.